You are listening to the Stronger Business Podcast, and the summit is just around the corner. October the 13th, tickets are going fast. You'll want to be there. Link in the show notes. On today's episode, we have none other than Cody Askins, founder of 8% Nation, here with us today. And before I give away the good stuff, I will go ahead and turn it over to Josh Melton and Chad Brown. Entrepreneurs, welcome back to the Stronger Business Podcast. My God, we got a treat today. We got a special guest. He is out there doing crazy things, motivating thousands of people, conferences, books. There's something about some jets and some trips you can win and just just awesomeness. Cody, welcome to the podcast, man. Dude, thank you, brother. Super excited to be on this thing. Love what you guys are doing and excited to dive in today. So thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I'm pumped. I, I tell you what, this is going to be like free coaching for uh, for Josh and I because you're out there, you're writing books, you're putting on conferences, you're doing all this fun, cool stuff that we're like, God, we need to, we need to figure out how to amp that stuff up and do more of that. So really, we're just here to pick your brain and learn from you, man, and, and share some stuff with our audience along the way. Cody, I got to tell you, man, so I mentioned this before, before we hit live on recording, but I've been following you online for several years. I have a background in insurance and I came across you when I was actually getting into telesales with uh, life insurance. A buddy of mine launched a company. I was like, I'll try that out. And I started searching for, all right, how do you do this? And there's crazy guy named Cody Askins pops up on my screen. And I was like, I like this guy, man. Like he's got, he's legit. He's got high energy. I can tell it. he's successful. He's not talking nonsense. What he's saying makes sense. And so I've been watching you for years. And it's been, which has been fun because this huge thing you've done with 8% Nation, like I watched you start it again from afar and then seeing yeah. the crazy things you've done with it. So let's kick off here, man. Tell us a little bit about the Cody Askins story. What's your background? What you basically start, started off doing and then a glimpse of like, what does Cody Askins life look like today? Yeah, man. Thank you so much for that. So I, my, I, I'm 31. I live in Springfield, Missouri. My father has been in the insurance business for 32 years. I got started when I was 19 as an intern. I didn't I didn't go to I didn't go to like school as a kid saying like, you know, hey, I really want to be an insurance agent on career day, right? Even though I was like, my dad's doing well, so you never know, right? It's not the sexiest career on the planet, but at 19 I was an intern, I got exposed to the business, and then at 20, I was in college taking 21 credit hours a semester, also playing basketball as a full-time student athlete. Uh, practices, games, tournaments, weekends, all that. And I decided to become a full-time agent at the same time. And so I, I didn't know a lot about the industry or business or sales, even though I was a little more naturally gifted at that than I realized. But I went to my first recruiting meeting and I remember like it was yesterday, the manager, there was like 10 of us in the room. He said, all of you stand up. So we stand up. He says, now take a look around. I'm like, okay, you know what? I can take him, but I don't know about her, right? We start sizing each other up. <laughs> And he says, now nine of you sit down. And I'm naturally like super competitive. He did not leave me standing. Nine people sat down. I'm sitting, somebody's standing. And he's like, maybe one of you will make it. Well, well that story really lit a fire in me. And I don't know if that was the intention because it was kind of negative, right? But I don't know if that was the intention, but it lit me on fire. Um, I committed. I said, if there's going to be a one, I'm going to be the one. And there's people out there listening today that like, even if you don't believe you can be the one, I promise you can, right? And so I committed. I said, I will be the one. I actually took out a pen and a pad just like this. And I said, I, I, and I wrote down, I said, I will earn $100,000 my first year in the insurance business at 20 years old. Yeah. Dated it. Visualizing. That's right, man. I, I dated it. I signed it. Had my dad sign it. Had my manager sign it. And then I hung it up in the wall of my cubicle every single day. And I, I remember like it was yesterday too. And my dad's like, hey, you, you will make six figures your first year. Like I was very blessed with amazing parents. They spoke life into me. They didn't. They didn't like take. They didn't take withdrawals. They they added deposits. Right. Like they're like, this is going to happen. You're going to do this. I believe in you. And I was extremely blessed. That's kind of one of the big big more reasons I want to help children as I'm growing older. Right. With what I'm doing because I don't have any kids. But I know not everybody had as as fortunate of a background as I did. Right. And fast forward, I literally started cold calling and cold door knocking with no leads selling life insurance door to door. And I made $117,000 my first eight months at 20 and just fell in love. I'm like, bro, I think I can do this. I love it. I wasted it all on 
pizza, video games, cars, whatever, and like blew all the money. You give any 20 year old six figures, and it's like, it's gone tomorrow, right? Bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. Stupid. Stupid. I love it. It's a good story, but I, I, I lost it all. I went and bought like a $50,000 challenger. And what's funny about that story is I bought buy this challenger. And I'm, I'm about to buy this car. It was like my second month. I made nine grand my first month, right? And I'm like, I'm going to just blow it, I guess. Like, I've never had nine grand in my life. You know, I'm 20. And the car sales guy's like, are you sure you can afford this? I'm like, well, I made nine grand last month. What'd you make, right? And, and so I'm like, uh, he's like, he's like, if you can prove that you made nine grand, I'll sell you this car. It was a Dodge Challenger SRT8. Pulled up my bank, pulled up my pay stub, showed him the nine grand, kind of like the Wolf of Wall Street type story, right? Except for a smaller version. And then my parents were out of town. They got upset that I bought the car. And I said, if I don't pay, I, I said, here's what I'll do. They're like, take it back. I'm like, no, I'm not taking it back. I said, here's what I'll do. If I don't pay it off in the next six months, it was February. So if I don't pay it off by August, I'll get rid of it. And then I paid the entire car off cash. Over those next six months, I remember walking to Great Southern Bank, $40,000 check and paying it off cash. Well, what I'm sharing and why I'm sharing some of these things is and like writing it down, saying I'm going to pay stuff off, doing some of these things is I believe in having really big goals and really big targets and having something to shoot for. Right. And so then I sold for years. Love that. December of 2015, I started uh, Cody Askins YouTube channel to help insurance agents. I didn't know why I didn't monetize for the first couple of years. I had no clue what I was doing. But I knew I had a song to sing and a message to bring, right? To like help agents around the world. So I started putting up YouTube videos. You can go back and watch them. They're flipping terrible. Like anybody that starts <laughs> anything, right? They're horrible. And so I'm posting these videos. Hey, I made eight grand this week. Here's how you can too if you follow these steps in a less energetic, more boring version of me now, five, six years ago. <laughs> and and it's just grown, man, out of supply demand, I guess. People needing help, supply and demand, and we're providing help and now it's about to hit 75,000 agents subscribed to the channel. We have a conference that we started doing in 2018. Um, I was actually at Cardone's event and I said, hey, in 10X, and I was like, man, our industry is boring. Like insurance is boring. We need something fun. We need something exciting. And so I told my dad, I'm like, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about throwing an insurance conference. Never thrown a birthday party, but I'm going to throw a conference. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you should, right? He's always like that. You should, you totally should. And so we get Grant Cardone and Ray Lewis and we spend a half a million bucks and we throw this conference in Nashville, Tennessee. We rent out T Tennessee Titan Stadium and put it in the club area, but we had the whole stadium to ourselves. That was really smart. Uh, it did get a lot of attention, I guess. Had, <laughs> go big or go home. Jeez. That's right, bro, right? So we had 400 people show up. We lost like a quarter of a million dollars, lost our gas. And... <laughs> Then just kept doing it, and it's grown. We'll have two thousand in Dallas this year, um, and it's just persisting. You know, now we got nine companies and a bunch of staff, and just having fun. Man, this is freaking fantastic! I, I mean, you started this thing off with so much for our audience. One, one thing I love, I, I've always been a big fan of like writing down your goals, and I've always heard if you write it down, you're like seven times more likely to remember it and correct and do it. But man, you took it a step further. You're like. Not only did I, wrote, did I write it down, not only did I show it to people, I signed it. I had other people sign it. I'm like, it's like a freaking contract at that point. And I, that is amazing. That's like a level of like accountability and like pressure that's like, all right, I got to do this now. So you're at the event with Grant Cardone. You make the decision, which is just so funny too, because Chad, a little different, but Chad went to a conference with his wife. It was a Rachel Hollis conference. And at the conference, is like, I'm going to start my own conference. Well, this is the greatest thing I've ever been to. It's the only conference I've ever been to. I was like, we need this in Athens. Like, I'm going to start a conference. And it was the, I was in the middle of COVID or right before COVID. I was like, yeah, yeah we're going to start a conference. So it's kind of funny too, looking at 8% Nation, man. So we rolled into year one and um, of course we give a shared speaker lot. We had Jesse Itzler as our, number, as our keynote for the first year. And I know Jesse's spoken for you guys, but it's kind of funny seeing that you guys were at a conference and you had the vision for like, hey, I need to start something like this. Now I think yours, yes. it's really cool that you you chose, let's make this industry specific because our industry doesn't have anything that's that's exciting like this grant going on conference. So I'd love to know, Cody, right. when you're sitting there and you're having that that moment, of course, we know when you're at a conference, like mentally you're somewhere different because you're away from like the troubles of the office every day and you're having your thoughts elevated because you're in the midst yes. of this inspirational environment, you're around successful people, you're around people that are dreaming. Did you have the same type of mentality for starting the conference as you did when you were starting off? Again, taking you back to that, that the classroom with 10 other, with nine other people 
did you write something down? Like, I'm going to make this conference work because year one, you did an awesome experience, but financially you got your butt kicked doing it. I would think it's really hard to go from, Ooh, lost $250,000 to like, let's wanna, do it again. I want to do it again. Yeah, yeah, let's keep going. So walk us through that process from the, from the moment you thought of 8% nation as a conference to like, did you do the same thing? Did you write it down? I'm gonna make this work. And then how did you yeah. overcome the, you know, the failure of year one from the standpoint of the financial aspect, obviously you created a phenomenal experience for people, but yeah, did you, all right, I'm just, I'm going all in on this. We're going to make it happen or what? Yeah. I started writing down every single day. So one of the things I believe in doing is writing down every, what you want to do every single day. Right. Um, you just mentioned a second ago, like you're actually 900% more likely to achieve a goal. If you write it down every single day, which is funny. Like we stop and we like, okay, if I said, Hey, give, you know, give, give me a hundred thousand dollars. And, and if, if I put that by your bed and you look at it every single day and you touch it every single day and you talk about it every single day, you'll end up with a $900,000. Who wouldn't but do that? But nobody does it. Yeah. Who wouldn't do that? <laughs> but, but nobody does it. Right. So it's crazy. So yes, I've believed in goals and targets. I've lost sight of that along the way as we all do. However, I wrote down what I wanted to do. I started like visualizing and I started walking around the stadium and like, you know, I was, and yes, I thought more people would be there the first year. Like I, like I always do. Yes. I didn't think we would lose okay. so much money. However, I knew that our industry needed something to collaborate and connect people like insurance is boring. Most people are using events to recruit. It's put on by different agencies or different carriers and they're flipping talking about you know, hospital indemnity plans and there's an organ plane in the corner and the average age is 59 and a half. And they're like, you know, it's like a freaking, I mean, it's like almost, it's like insurance conference or funeral, you know, which one do you really want to go to? So if right? we go to right? 8% nation, if we come to the conference, we're not going to hear any organ music. No, that's for sure. <laughs> so, unless it's in, unless it's in a rap song. So the, so the only thing I can think of worse than that is by career and education, I'm an accountant and I'm a partner in a, in a tax and CPA firm. And yes. our events are the only thing I can imagine worse than the insurance events. <laughs> I just spoke at a tax event in Dallas and it was oh good. Oh my God. It was good. It was a lot better. Like the guy doing it is awesome. A buddy of mine, but I was speaking to a bunch of CPAs and accountants and I'm like, I'm like dragging the energy out of these people, you know, because <laughs> yes. I get a little carried away on stage. Um, but, but I mean, also too, after the conference, there, there's always a moment where you're like, I mean, like, it's funny, like, like, um, Tiger King, the TV, the, the TV show where, uh, the, they get their arm bit off and he runs back in the office and he's like, how am I ever going to financially recover from this? Right? Like we all have those moments in life. Well, I kind of had that moment for a second where I'm like, bro, how are we ever going to financially recover from this? And I thought about it. And what's interesting about it, 90, 90 days before that, because we, we released the conference in July. I thought I, I really started formulating the idea in May. We released it and we launched it in July. We had it in October during Medicare and health insurance season, which is brilliant. That was dumb. But <laughs> we had like, I had no clue what I was doing. Like the worst planner of all time. It wasn't quite like, you know, Billy McFarlane and the fire festival. We actually did what we said we were going to do. Right. But for 90 days, <laughs> right. For 90 days, I was like, Cody, if you can pull this off and it's not an embarrassment and people have an experience of a lifetime and it changes the way people think about the industry forever and they leave with a bigger vision, something special is going to happen. It's going to, it's going to help them. It's going to massively build the brand. It's going to connect a lot of people and you're going to eventually become a household name in the insurance industry. And I'm thinking about it. Like we all go, we all, a lot of us go through that, by the way. Like, it's like, if dude, if I could just do this for 90 days, all I got and pull it off and give it all I got. Imagine what can come of that after 90 days. I was talking to my sales team this morning. I said, Hey, we did this mental exercise. I said, I woke up and I don't know what I was thinking, but I was like, I'm going to raise a hundred thousand dollars today. I don't know how, but we're going to do it. So I challenged my sales team. I said, Hey, there's like 20 of them. I said, grab a pen and a pad. For the next five minutes, you're going to sit silent and you're going to write down ideas. If you absolutely had to sell $100,000 today, how would you do it? How would you accomplish it? And the point of that is I like massive goals, but I like them in short-term targets. I like them. I like to squeeze them with a lot of urgency. I become more obsessed. I become more creative. I push a lot harder. I mean, for example, I sold somebody a $50,000 product earlier that I didn't no existed or did I planned on selling at all four hours ago today uh, that's because amazing. 
because of the idea this morning, right? So yes, to go back to after 8%, there was a part of me that's like, do we actually want to keep doing this? You know? However, I said, man, I had a blast. I'm going to learn. I'm going to get better. Like, yes, this is tough. Nobody died, but it was difficult, you know? <laughs> but that's that's business. That's career. That's life. Like when it gets tough, yeah, you may have some, you're gonna have some fun along the along the time. But when it gets tough, if you will just push and persist, you'll get better. It'll get better, and life will just get better. Man, it's it's fun too. Like seeing the start of the event, the start of the conference for you, Cody. Because again, you know, most of the time people are like, all right, let me start something and let me figure out if I think I can win here. Well you did it a little different. You're like, I'm going to hit a home run, like, or strike out one of the two, because you didn't get like a B list speaker. Like you got like top of the line speaker. I mean, Grant Cardone is one of the most sought after speakers on the planet. Uh, Ray yeah. Lewis again, too. I mean, just, these he are just rented like, out a freaking football yeah, stadium. I mean, I mean, this is not like a, like a little comfort center at the Marriott. Out a freaking football stadium yeah. for 400 people. <laughs> My God, talk about feeling like VIP. It's like, yeah, this is for all of you. But Let's you go out here and play a touch game yeah. of football. You know, so you aren't like going for like, hey, let me get a, let me let me get a single right here. You're swinging for the fences, and I think that's what led to the amplification of this event over the last couple of years. To what yes. you're doing, I mean, just to give people a clue here, you know, because not everybody's an insurance agent listening to this that that might recognize your name. If they are an insurance agent, they do. They recognize your name. They know who you are. But for this event you got coming up this year, I mean, you got some tickets. This is like the number one top package, and it's sold out. And this yeah. ticket is almost $5,000, $4,997. You can't get one, Chad. They're sold out. And so then again, a lot of other packages for people. But yeah, you're creating an experience. At this point, people know, hey, I'm willing to put some money into this thing to be at Cody's event because I know it's life-changing. I know that going there is going to help me. It's going to project me to the next level to make more money. And so it's, it's as a, this is a good investment. I'll get a financial return on this investment. And so this thing, it's so awesome what you've done. So walk us through this quickly, man, like from year one to again, like, hey, it wasn't what I wanted it to be to now where, again, you'll have 2,000 people in Dallas later this year. Like what were the, yes. what were the things you learned in projecting this thing to larger levels throughout the years? Yeah, so there's several things we're learning. I wasn't always sure if a big name was worth the investment. Like yes, I, I have that I mean? question too, yeah. That's always a natural thought. I, I didn't know it. I wasn't confident and totally sure until 2021. I'll give you an example. In 2020, our event was supposed to be in July. Most people, there's no one that threw, that threw an insurance industry conference between March slash April during COVID and the end of 2020. We're the only ones. I had to move it from Vegas to Dallas because the Palms freaking closed and I moved it and put it in September and we still did the event. Well, it had nothing to do with COVID. It had everything to do with momentum. If you're building something big, right? We still so, you socially distance, mask, whatever, right? You do whatever you want. I don't care. But some people still want to go to an event. People don't want to do it at an event. That's fine too. We learned that we can also live stream and some people will have that experience. We have a lot of people now that start out with a live stream like I did in 2017 with Cardone and then they come live to the next event. 2017, I watched Cardone's 10X live stream. 2018, I bought two premiere tickets for 15 grand and sat front row, right? Well, I went from live stream to front of the room to now on a bunch of stages. Well, if you think about that, the evolution of that, anyone can go through that. We got people now, I got one lady, Jesse Park, she's speaking at our event. She sat back of the room last year. Now she's speaking this year. Like anybody can take that along the way. I mean, we had we had the fire marshal come and change the seating up three times last year because we had more people in the Statler Hotel than they've ever had before. I walk out to the introduction of the event and there's people standing on the side. I'm like, hang on, do you guys not have seats? Like, what's going on here? And they're like, we can't find one. I'm like, well, is that bad or is that good? I don't know. You guys think about it. Let's stop and think. Most people would think, dude, that's terrible. I don't mind standing room only. Now, do we yeah. find them a seat? Yeah. Yes. All right. So you're right. No, nobody, nobody worked. <laughs> However, I'd rather that than a bunch of empty seats. Absolutely. So, All right. Question for you there for yeah. a second. So how do you get people so motivated to better themselves like people just they know the gym helps them get in shape look better live longer they know going to conferences 
educate some more, help some make more money. But people just don't want to do, they don't want to sign up. They don't want to commit to something, even though it benefits them, changes their life. How do you overcome that barrier to get this standing room only crowd? Yeah, it takes time for sure. I mean, the first event is probably not going to happen. The best way that we sell tickets is from a, from event to event. So I'll give you an example. Okay, so you, you all right, yeah. Yeah, so, so we released something called the Ultimate Agent Contest. Uh-huh. We had uh, thousands of agents all over the world register for this contest. We had agents in Pakistan and Philippines and et cetera, et cetera, register for this contest, Sri Lanka. And we, we did a live Zoom where we chose five people out of thousands. And out of those five people, we brought them to Springfield, Missouri. That's not the good part yet. We put them on a private jet. We flew them to secret, undisclosed location, Omaha, Nebraska. While we were there, we flew in. We lived in a mansion with them for a week. We, fl- we flew in top coaches and mentors and trainers. We provided them with hundreds of leads. We mic'd them up. We put a GoPro in their car, a camera in their face all day. We got rid of people, eliminated people, and sent people home every single night. And at the end, we crowned someone, the champion, the ultimate agent, and they won $121,000 in cash and prizes. Well, I share that, and we're going to release it at a movie theater in Springfield, Missouri next week. Actually, Tuesday's the premiere. We're going to launch it on YouTube for free after that. It's the first ever reality TV show for insurance. Well, why do I share that? Because, yeah, it's cool. It's epic. It's amazing. We're thinking bigger. It's creative. It's fun. What's happening is we're getting ridiculous attention because of that. It cost me you know, $100,000 to do it. But we're getting ridiculous tension from it. Also, though, on that, for the registration of that, to get additional registrations, make sure you have your ticket to 8%. While you're on the Zoom, anybody that buys a ticket, I'm going to upgrade you. I'm going to do a live drawing at the end, and I may upgrade a lot of people that actually buy during the Zoom. We sold hundreds of tickets just from that one single concept, right? So oh, if you think- that's awesome. Yeah. And it got a lot of attention and it helped some people and it changed some lives and it's going to change millions of lives around the industry and around the world because they're going to get to look in to these people are live on speakerphone on phone calls talking to widows about life insurance because their husband just passed away. And we've got it live on camera for the world to see, right? Which is a different experience. Yeah. All right. So this is where the account comes out in me. How in the hell do you afford that? Or how do you know, like, hey, in the end, this is financially going to make sense? Or you're like, I'm having fun. I don't care. We're going to, we're going to, we may go broke. This is going to be a hell of a ride. <laughs> hey, that's part of our risk it. assessment, man. No, Come on. Again. I know. I'm not an accountant. That's for sure. Okay. I'm not an attorney, a lawyer, taxes, none of that. Okay. Just for the record. Um, I don't always know what I do. And here's what happens. So, for example, I tend to say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And then I'll release it. I'll launch it. I'll make it public. I'll tell the team. And I'm like, oh, crap. How are we going to pull that off? Well, (laughs) I've already committed myself then, though, right? (laughs) And then when you commit yourself in a massive way, it's terrifying. It's scary. I'm a natural. If you ever take a disc assessment, I'm naturally very direct risk taker. Like my personality is off the charts, right? But I'm extremely creative when I have to be. I can push hard when I have to be. I can get people to do things that they would never do when I have to, right? And so because of all that, and I also got creative. We got a bunch of sponsors. We got people to freaking donate food. We, did all, we had a Mexican restaurant in Arizona that wanted to participate. Like we did all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but it forced creativity, right? And so, yeah, I mean, I also had people that were like a part of the show. You know what I mean? So I, I got other people involved and I had them all the marketing and leads covered by companies like Yes, we had to get creative. Yes, we did. We did not profit. Yes, we lost money. However, it's such a massive idea that, yeah, we've got a few hundred thousand followers in the insurance industry, but there's a couple million agents, you know, so we've still got a long way to go. Man, that's awesome. That's exciting. And it really like, I think it comes back to that, what we talked about earlier of like just bringing fun to business and it doesn't have to be so serious and success can be fun. And that abundance mentality and we can all do this together. Let's all grow and get stronger right. and figure out how to become more successful together and have a good time along the way. I so love it. As you're saying that too, Cody, I think it's interesting because you're like, you know, there's always that question of, well, how are we going to do that? You know, and it's like people start trying to figure out how they're going to do it before they're committed to doing it. But it's like, yes. look, we got to figure out how to do it because we've already yes. put it out. In My reputation and names yeah. on the line. I just bet my entire company 
that we're going to do this. Like it's, I'm all in. It's like, oh. And so for many people that does lead to more create creative problem solving. Cause again, like it's like, there, yeah. this isn't an opt out situation. This is like a, we're going to, you know, <laughs> we're going to thrive or not survive. Like we got to yes. figure out how to do this thing. So figuring out the how I want to go back to something real quick. Cause Chad got all hyped up on a Starbucks caffeine, caffeine. Just oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm only, I'm only halfway through this venti. This is going uh, all the, also, by the way, I love both of you. Your energy is incredible. And now I see why so many people love and listen to this podcast diligently. Like <laughs> he's, he's addicted to coffee. There's people around the world addicted to listening to YouTube. Okay. And I'm one of them now. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Is this a Cody, Cody Askin Supreme he's got right here? This is caffeine. Listen, I, oh. my goal, my goal one day, Starbucks is going to sponsor this podcast. Come on now. And See? they're going to come knocking on my door. I'm not going to go right. get them. They're going to be like, Hey, he said, Chad, he put it out there now. And we got to figure out how to do it. It's creative. We're, we're committed to it. You said you, you wouldn't believe you, you wouldn't believe how many people think, like watching our YouTube channel, they'll ask our office, like, does Cody do cocaine? <laughs> like he's got so much energy. What the heck is wrong with the guy? <laughs> I've never done drugs in my life. I only drink wine. I- I'm a man of faith. You know what I mean? However, yeah. dude, most people would like change how they operate because of all those people, you know, those, those voices playing in their head. Like maybe I need to just double down. I'm going to drink more espresso. With go, go all in. I'm, I'm scared to death of drugs. I feel like it'd be like a duck to water. It'd be like if thing. I like coffee, this much, I'd be screwed. Well, the thing that stands out, I'd make is, a, I'd make a pile of money, but it would be a train wreck. You're a, yeah, you spend it all. You're a person of vision and you got passion behind what you're doing. You, you find meaning in it. And, and, and it seems that that gives you a tremendous energy to execute, make things happen. So you'd mentioned right. that, about should your conference, does it need to have a big name as a speaker? You said in 2021, you know, something clicked for you with that. So again, I think we like got on a caffeinated high and go, went off of that. But what was the, what was the, to bring us back on the track for that, what was the epiphany that you had in regards to your 2021 event? And as far as in, do you need a big name to be a speaker? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, so we had massive names. We had Tim Grover. We had Eric Thomas. We had Patrick Bet David. We had Darren Woodson, we had Inky Johnson, we had a bunch, man. It was phenomenal. But what really, number one, the event exploded. We, we had standing room only and it was crazy and it, it launched and doubled overnight. But what was cool about it and what really got my attention is I released this new mastermind called Power Players. And we had, we had over 50, we had like 60 people walk on stage live during my keynote to commit $10,000 to be a part of this mastermind group right? Raised over half a million bucks. But what what really got my attention from that is people are craving connection. People are craving connectivity, relationships, and what they're going to learn from other people are way more important than what they will ever, ever learn from the event, right? Their network expands and grows. Like we've got these wristbands that says, it says, expand your vision that I'm wearing on my hairy arm today that we're going to launch and release at 8% this year, expanding your vision. This conference expands their vision. Well, because of that, it also expands my vision. So I'm thinking about how do we get more creative and make this mastermind as good as we possibly can. So speaking of crazy ideas, I go to my event coordinator last year. I'm like, hey, um, actually, it was earlier this year for our second event. I said, let's get let's let's helicopter to dinner for the mastermind. She said, wait, wait, wait let's do what? <laughs> like helicopter. Well, you got to remember, we got like 60 people. She's like, helicopters aren't that big. So <laughs> we had to charter four helicopters and rotate like crazy just to get to dinner. But the reason I bring that up is these small wins. So if you're out there listening, you're like, bro, I'm trying to relate to this cat. He's entertaining. He's fun, whatever. I'm enjoying this. But I I don't, I can't rent helicopters. I can't rent stadiums. I don't know Grant Cardone. Like what the heck is going on? Here's what's happening. You commit to making nine grand in a month. That's a win. You make $100,000 your first year. That's a win. You knock on one more door than you said you would. That's a win, right? And you start like literally stacking like paper, these wins in your life. And then you're eventually, your threshold of like fear and anxiety and outside of your comfort zone and risk just continues to raise, right? Well, the number one thing that holds us back in life is our fear of what other people think or what's going to happen because of a decision. You need to raise that so much that you're like, dude, 
we'll figure it out. I don't know, right? But but it takes time for that to raise and figure out. So I hope people that are listening realize no matter where you're at now, you can do any of this crazy stuff I'm talking about because, dude, I, I mean, I'm 31. Uh, I'm not, I'm from Arkansas. Like I'm, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not, I grew up in a town for 8,000. Like I, when I was born, we lived in a 750 square foot home. Like I'm not, I'm not special. My parents aren't special. You know what I mean? But I just, I will outwork anyone when I really want something. And anybody listening can do the same thing and they can start to raise those wins and that confidence along the way. Yes. And it's, you're right. I love the way it's just your steady building confidence and proving to yourself, you can do things that other people say you can't do or you shouldn't do. Amen. And, and, and over time you're like, Hey, it, it really paints the picture of I can do anything. And it's uh, I mean, uh, uh, you talk about not having any idea what you were doing with the conference and figuring it out and throwing it. And, and here's where it comes really cool, full circle, like same boat, 2020 i'm like i want to start a conference covid we pulled it off in october it was the only event in like seven months in our town it was crazy i thought i'm like if you build it they will come I'm right. like, we'll, we'll sell out 1500 tickets it's going to be awesome <laughs> like man i had to pull 400 people there and i mean i right. had to hustle to get 400 we lost money but it was like this is the greatest day i've ever had come full circle i think it was in december Randomly on Instagram or email or something, I found a webinar you and Coach Burt were doing like a Sunday night mm. on how to throw a conference. And I was like, my God, I need to watch this. <laughs> so like now you are teaching people like me, like how to throw conferences and like how to throw successful events. And it's amazing. I love it how it's uh, it comes back to that confidence and growth and just mentality. That's awesome. It. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So rolling that too, Cody. So going from year one, and again, you had like a, you know, you made a decision. Hey, we're going to do this. You didn't even have a year to execute. You just, Josh, I don't think we're losing enough money. That's the problem. We're not. <laughs> Our problem. We can throw all. better events if I'd be willing to lose more money. I think that's, I mean, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking up all. here. I, mean, I only lost 10 grand the first year. No wonder it's like the second year. <laughs> when it comes to like planning and launching and marketing the event, obviously you learned something in year one and you, you made, changes and got better and made improvements and got stronger with all the things to put the event on. But what does that look like now for, for you and your company? I mean, are y'all like doing this thing? You got like full-time people dedicated just to the conference or is it still where you're kind of focused on like, no, nah, we got our, we ramp up over six months to really put it on. What does that behind yeah. the scenes for 8% look like? I mean, we're planning for 12 months. We now have, I mean, I have over hundred staff amongst our companies. Now the core company that hosts 8% and my personal brand, there's, about to add several more, but technically there's like 15 right now. Okay. Well, those individuals, the, the, the video and media, media director, the IT and, and ads and web guy and the, you know, the social media manager and the project manager and the, you know, client relations and the event coordinator and director of operations, et cetera, and salespeople and sponsorship coordinators, et cetera, et cetera. Those are managing all the details of this. And for six, seven, I would say about seven, eight months, it's like daily. I would say two thirds of the year, it's every day. Like I get an update in Slack multiple times, a, multiple times a day with where we're at for ticket counts. And we're pushing every single day. We know our numbers, we know where we're at. But yes, like that's the biggest thing. Most people like are solopreneurs. 96% of businesses make less than seven figures. Only 4%, anyone can make six, seven figures. But it's really hard to get seven figures if you're like, I coach a lot of insurance agency owners that make like a quarter mil a year to 600K a year. A lot of them are in that sweet spot, two to 600 grand. It's great. That's cool. Whatever. But they're doing it all. They're answering the phone. They're servicing the client. They're checking emails. They're filling, flipping toilet paper in the bathroom. They're making all the sales. They're doing everything. The best way to scale anything, conference, organization, company, is through people. I'm a control freak. I struggle with this for years. But now we have unbelievable flipping people in the roles they were supposed to be in. And we're way better at hiring and attracting top talent now. We just stole the social media manager from Bass Pro Shops with Johnny <laughs> Morris in our city to here now. Well, do you think our social media improved when that happened? 1,000%. I love it. I love it. And that's, so 
So kind of back to that for a second on building a team around something like this. Obviously, you are extremely passionate about this. You are all in. You work crazy hours to pull this off, take risk. I haven't been able – how do you find a team that you can get as motivated as you are or that that can see the value of doing something like this? Bro, there ain't nobody as motivated as this cat. Yeah, but how do you you keep everybody else, like, pushing that hard to make – Pulling yeah. something like this off is different. It's hard. Yeah. It's it's yep. next level, which takes a level of commitment and performance most people don't want to get involved in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so th- they're not as motivated about the concept as I am, for sure. And, and they never will be, right? However, if I can just get them half of what I'm at, we're going to be all right. Well, what yeah. I've learned is, too, though, if I get, like, we're very transparent on everything. We have a 830 full company-wide meetings with multiple companies. We're kicking off the day and we've got 60, 70 of us in the room and we're sharing wins and we're playing music and we're getting excited for the day. From 8.35 to, 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 to 9 o'clock, we're doing sales training every single morning where we are watching sales training videos or I'm training live and we're role-playing and we're doing some energy, whether it's push-ups or jumping jacks, or, you know, whatever. Then I'm moving into a director's meeting at 8.50. Then, then I'm moving into an operations meeting at 9.11 with our core operations people, right? Then at 1.30, right now it's 1.41 central time and they're in there in a sales training video. They're listening to my CA cell system, a handful of them, and I can hear them on the other side of the wall. And so we do sales training twice a day. So those type of things, like if you leave people up to their own devices and there's no transparency and structure, they will, it'll be up, turned into a prison and they'll do whatever they want, right? Well, What's happened is I know the numbers. I know where we're at. We share details at the 911-911 operations meeting. Every single operations person is sharing what they're working on today, their projects, and their deadlines. And there's extreme transparency in what every single person is doing. Now, does that add motivation? Eh, a little. But does it have a lot of transparency and urgency and we get a lot more done? Like I'll throw projects at my team. Most teams would take a month to pull off and we'll pull it off in 72 hours. Why? Because we got a whole team that we can delegate a bunch of the pieces to versus one person trying to like figure it all out over a couple months. All right. Question for you there. So I get this. I, I'll, I, I see how that daily and that accountability is so successful and you guys push, go, 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 go. Do you ever how do you celebrate with your team? How do you, is it yeah. just always go or is there like, here's 10 grand or we're going to Cabo or what, what do yeah, you do yeah. to keep that push and keep them yes. engaged? So we, we share, I mean, salespeople make money. We share some of the um, operational money that, uh-huh. that is like, that's like unassigned revenue with some of the certain specific staff. Um, we also will give out cash to key members after every percent conference as a reward um, they will, we're a little bit more flexible when it comes to, you know, like time off, I need to do this and take my dog I need to, I'm sick, whatever, right. Dentist hair appointment, we're a little bit more flexible than some companies. Um, and we'll, we'll do random lunches and, you know, ice cream for the whole team randomly or Starbucks today because it's somebody's birthday, like a lot of random stuff that we make it a really fun environment. There's music going on. The average age is probably like 26. I'm 31. I'm like uncle Cody. I'm like the old guy, right? Like it's a, <laughs> it's a fun, it's a fun environment. It really is. I love it. So Cody, in regards to 8% conference or 8% nation conference, how far in advance are the details put into place for your conference? I mean, like, do you already know speakers for 2023? Is there still stuff that's happening for 2022 or excuse me, 2022 where you guys are dotting I's and crossing T's or what does that yeah. look like? I know it's probably gotten a little different as you've gone from one year to the next, but what does that look like now for 8%? Yeah. So uh, I will actually, when I go off for a week or two after the conference to like decompress and think about the next year, I'll come up with some ideas and speakers and that kind of stuff that I want about 11 months in advance, 11, 12 months in advance, immediately after I'm in think mode, think tank mode. Um, yes, things will change along the way. We'll have some core details in, in August for the next July. Stuff is still changing now, actually. Um, I, I've got I've got an idea where I want to incorporate my Porsche Taycan car this year, and I want to incorporate a helicopter in some way to the conference. Like there's some crazy ideas are working out now. We're going to have $121,000 on stage because we're releasing the winner of the ultimate agent contest live on stage at 8%. Like there's, 
Like there's some crazy stuff that we're doing and it's still evolving. Like right now is where I get really creative too, because it's, it's literally, it's crazy because it's 28 days away today. Well, when it's 28 days away, I'm like, okay, it's going to be amazing, but how do we keep making it better? What else can we do? How can we do this? How can we do that? What should we add? I mean, I thought of another, like almost like performance type skit type show that we're going to do where security's like hauling somebody off backstage in the middle of the room, in the middle of the event this year, just because it ties into something that happened last year. Right. So, so, and that was just today. That was random. And the team, the team is like, it's kind of funny. The team's like used to kind of how nuts I am. Like yeah. they have friends, they have, they tell their friends, like you will never believe what we were talking about to, to planning today. And they're like, what is wrong with your boss, man? I was like, that's insane. Right. Like <laughs> I, I want to be out there, but I don't, I don't also don't want to be like the owners of WeWork that I've watched the show on that are really, really out there. Right. <laughs> So do you create that space since you know, okay, you're, you're a creative person. You got a little bit of, you know, free spirited nature in a lot of ways. Do you just leave yeah. margin? Cause you know, like I'm going to change it up last minute anyway. So why don't I create some space for me to be creative mm-hmm. knowing that, Hey man, a month before the conference, I'm going to, I'm going to fill this space with something awesome. Is that the way yeah. you set it up or are you always switch it or changing things? Um, I will constantly be changing and evolving and editing. I do leave some flexibility for sure. I mean, I just thought of a new idea this morning where, um, there's gonna be a package to where five people can buy for $5,000. They can get a backstage pass with Jesse Itzler. They can get a, they can get a, they can get one of our top tickets and they can go to the speaker dinner after the event. Ah, uh, yeah. And I just, and I already, we already sold one like 30 minutes ago through Facebook. Well, yeah. those are random ideas because the best way to like fuel a conference and pay for a conference. Also, you can monetize everything, by the way. Like, like most people, there's so many different ways to monetize and push and to get creative when it comes to events that people just do not think about. And my mind is like, there's uh, there's so many more levels to this that I don't comprehend, understand yet, right? So when I say this, I'm not perfect. I'm learning. I'm my fifth year, not my 50th, right, et cetera. But I'm constantly thinking about ideas like all day, every day, all weekend, constantly. All right, question for you. All right, boys, I want to go way back. So <laughs> you are back and way up. You are a successful insurance agent. You are crushing it. You are making money. And yes. Everything anybody equates to financial or success at your age, you're living the dream. What made you make the decision or want to make the decision and be like, you know what? I no longer want to be a really successful, young, baller insurance agent. I want to teach other people. I want to teach 55-year-olds how to be successful insurance. Like what what took you from experts? All these old old people out there. Yeah. What, what took you from that to wanting to teach or wanting to throw conferences? Yeah. Uh, that's a really good question that I don't probably don't get asked enough. Actually. Um, I'm glad you went back there. So I, my grandfather was a Baptist pastor for 40 something years. I grew up wanting to be a speaker. I really did ever since I was 10, 10 years old. That's also part of the reason I threw the conference as well, because I wasn't speaking yet and I wasn't being invited to speak yet. I'm like, well, if I start speaking and have my own conference, I'll start getting asked to speak. And now I get asked to speak multiple the, times a week. That's the exact same the reason. Exact I threw a conference. I'm like, nobody's right. asking the counter to speak. I got to throw my own conference to get on stage. Correct. And uh, I may have a connection for you, by the way. But also. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. Also, uh, I, when I was 20, I when I was making money and, and, and successful a little bit at that age, whatever, you know, success was to me at that age. I had a manager that said, hey, there's these two agents. They're five hours from you. They're really struggling. They're about to fail. They haven't made sales in months. Can you help them? I'm like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not, I'm not that great at this yet, but I'm doing okay. I said, only thing I know to do is I can go door knock with them, right? Well, I drive up there. We hang out. We do some training. We talk, and then we go door knock. And then the first sale we get in, the first house we get in, we door knock. We get in, and I'm... Like by the end, I'm like high-fiving the clients and hugging them and we're like best friends and we leave. And this guy's like, bro, what just happened? I'm like, they owned insurance, but they, their other agent wasn't as cool as me. So now they want to be with me, right? It ain't that hard. So, and then we go back and forth. I'm trading between these two people that I'm helping and we, we, we write five or six sales, whatever it was that day. And I leave all the commission and all the policies with them and I drive home. 
that night, five hours away, maybe the next day, whatever. So long ago now. But what I remember is on my way home, I just broke down emotionally. Um, And I literally thought, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like if I can ever do this again, I will make sure I do whatever it takes to do this. Like I got chills. Dude, I got way more gratification at helping someone else make money than me personally going and making a sale. Way more. And so, and I'm actually, yeah, I'm getting goosebumps telling it, but man, like I, uh, that really opened my eyes to, I think I can actually help a lot of people, you know? Man, it's awesome. Because in that moment, again, you're, you're able to get income. You've proven like, okay, I've got the income thing down. I can figure out how to make money. And you're driven to do it. Obviously, you know, you bought the charger or challenger, whatever it was. (laughs) But then you have this moment. And again, and having a lineage of this, you've seen this when your granddad, your granddad is impact driven. He probably did not become a Baptist minister for the money. But for you watching in that moment, the transition from like, oh my gosh, it's so much better and meaningful to impact others Mm. than it is to chase income. And if you really dial into that, for many of us, when we're passionate about impact, the income follows. Right. Because no you take your eyes off yourself. You're so focused on the other person. And that's awesome seeing you do this now with, again, like I said, I, I stumbled across the early videos you were doing on YouTube and then had a, a seat for the journey, man. You know what I'm saying? Watching the adventure unfold for what you're doing with 8% Nation. And honestly, again, finding a need, like being insurance agents need something cool to go to where they can get inspired and specific to the industry. So, question for you. What does the, who is Cody Askins talking to out there in the insurance world that's supposed to show up? at 8% Nation Conference in Dallas. Is there like, do you see a, like a picture of people in your head when you're talking? And then why should they show up for the event? Yeah, I mean, I from time to time I do, you know, for sure. Um, a lot of times it's it's the agent that, it's, it's two people that I'm always thinking about. It's the agent that is in a place where maybe they're not making a lot of money in sales. Even if they are though, they need something, even if they're an agency owner, what really what I'm looking for is people that realize they haven't reached their potential. They realize their network is their net worth. And they realize that if I can shake them and wake them up and see a bigger vision for their life, when they walk into the event, before it even starts, if I can help them see a bigger vision for their life and they can leave like the thousands of others who have attended the conference and go from 36 bucks in their bank account to $36,000 in their bank account in 90 days or double or triple their entire business in a matter of 12 to 18 months because of this one single moment, then I need to do whatever it takes to convince them to get their butts in the seat. Because if I know that it's happened for countless others and it can happen for them too, but they don't, I can't convince them and they don't attend. I'm actually hurting their ability to explode their business and reach their full potential. Yes, you're doing them doing them a disservice by not getting them there, which creates Correct. so much more passion and energy and motivation to get people out of Because you know if their butts are in those seats, something, they're gonna walk out. Something more, is gonna change their life. Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. Man, that's Man, really good. All right. It. So Cody, the way we end every episode, we didn't pre-warn you for this. We typically pre-warn people for this. It is not week. time for the end. By the way, it's gotta be time for the end. Oh, oh. Also, Cody, just say this. I always say this at the end. I got another coffee in the fridge. I, I can go for at least <laughs> another hour before I crash. Chad's mad that all the all the uh supreme tickets are sold out for eight percent. He's not even in the insurance. Oh, I'm a, I'm man, I'm a sucker. 000. You get me caffeinated and excited, I will buy it. He's like, he got. wrote down, I will go on a helicopter ride with Cody Askins in twenty twenty two. He wrote it down right there on his tablet. <laughs> oh. so the we I always say this by the way. I say, Chad, it's time to land the plane, and he always gets mad. And today I'm going to change. We've it been up. landing the freaking plane for a hundred episodes. Yeah, I know. Just come up with anything else today. We're going to land the helicopter. Thank God. We're helicopter on on us today, man. <laughs> we wrap it up. Though, what we call a max out moment. So the idea, Cody, is like if there was only one thing that you could share with the listener today that would help them go out and create a stronger business, what would be that one thing that you would leave the listener with? I would say, think about where you're currently at. Maybe you're 21, you're 31, you're 41, you're 111, whatever. Okay. Think about the future you, 5, 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years from now, whatever that is. Okay. I'm 31. I always think about the 61-year-old Cody. Okay. A lot. I want you to think about that 61-year-old you, the 71-year-old you, the 81-year-old you, whatever it is. 
And then I want you to think, what's happened in your life? What did you want to happen in your life? How did you make your money? Who did you help? Who did you impact over the income? Who did you bring along with you? What did it look like? How did you get there? What did you drive? Where did you live? Where is your office? How big was your office? How much staff did you have? What did you do that was fun? What did you not do? What did you wish you would have done? And then I want you to build that. And I want you to take it extremely seriously because I believe no matter where you're at in your life right now, that that future you can become whoever you want. But the problem is once you get to the future you, you can't rewind. You can fast forward now a little bit, right? You can pull a click with the remote, right? Adam Sandler, you can look ahead, but you can't rewind once you get there. There's so many people that have regrets. There's so many people that wish they did more in their life. There's so many people that wish they helped more people. There's so many people that said they were going to leave generational wealth that didn't. And you have the ability to do that. And I want to challenge you to go ahead and look ahead because we get one life. No matter what you believe, I believe we get one life and we're going to heaven one day. That's what I believe. I believe that I get to impact the next few decades of my life one time, however I want. And I want to challenge you to be really intentional with how you create that impact. That is a stronger business community max out moment. My God, Cody, it's been so great having you. I don't know what's going to happen from here, but man, I, I do not say this every episode. I, I don't think I've ever said this before in a hundred and something episodes of doing this podcast. This episode has changed my life. Our conference is October 13th here in Athens, Georgia. I don't know what's going to change or happen in the planning between right now and October 13th, but this thing is about to get wildly more expensive and wildly different <laughs> than it is currently planned right now. Let's and go. It is going to be the most fun I've ever had going broke possibly, but we are going to change some lives. We're going to make a difference all because of you in this podcast. I will be, I'm not even in insurance. I don't want to be insurance. I'll be honest with you. I kind of hate insurance. I think it's a little bit of a racket on some scale as an accountant. I will be at 8% at some point. I want to be there. I want to check this out, man. I'll, love what you're doing uh support everything you have going on where can people find you at man where can they learn more where can they follow you tell us how our community gets engaged with you yeah so we post videos almost every day on youtube uh at cody askins and then the best way to see like behind the scenes and stories and what's going on day to day will be instagram at cody.askins so and this has been phenomenal i've loved this I, I, I can only imagine your audience listening in to some of these moments you are having. You are incredible people, and I appreciate you allowing me to be on the Stronger Business Podcast. Man, just appreciate what you're doing and all the lives you're changing and, and teaching people like us, man, and motivating and showing us, hey, this is uh, there's so much more to grow and have fun yes. and how to challenge yourself. That's right, baby. It. All right, man. Until next time, grow stronger, y'all. If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, be sure to leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online to connect at strongerbusiness.com or on Instagram and Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and we'll see you at the summit.